guys, welcome back to Gracefully Broken Podcast. I am your host, Blair Dominique. It is a pleasure to sit down with you. I hope everyone is having a great day. Happy Friday, all of that. Um, I have a treat for you today. When I tell you that God has been like, just like planting gems and seeds and I have a word with, I have a word to share with you. Um, please excuse any noise in the background or anything like that. I'll try to make sure that everything is like to a minimum. But let's go ahead and dive in. Um, so to die, so to titles. <laughs> Today's message is titled "Put It in Focus and Fixing Your Heart." So I want to start off by just setting the tone like we normally do. Um, opening our hearts and our minds um, so that way we, we, may, we may be able to receive the word, um, whatever God is, you know, working in your heart, that you may receive it through this message today. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you. I ask that you fill this space, Lord God, speak through me, Lord God, you have anointed me with a purpose, Lord Heavenly Father, Lord God, continue to renew me. And to meet me in my quiet space, Lord God, I ask it for anyone who is listening and tuning in, Lord God, I ask you to cover them and protect them, Lord God, heal them and meet them in their quiet place. Let them be renewed by the strength that you're giving them through their word, Lord God, let them, let it plant seeds in their heart, Lord God, so that they may grow closer to you and dive into a deeper relationship with you. Let them know that they are loved. Lord God, that they are healed, Lord God, that they are renewed and transformed by you, Lord Heavenly Father, Lord God, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so now that we, like I said, we we always want to make sure that we set the tone with every episode, with every session, everything. Um, so my first question that I want to pose to you guys to kind of give you some ponder for thought. Um, if God told you, uh, hey, you have everything you need, I'm not going to give you any more than what you have right now, would you be satisfied with that? And also, would you, what would you do with it? If God said, hey, like I've given you the tools that you need, like take everything that I've given you thus far, are you satisfied with what he's given you? And what are you going to do with the tools that he has given you in order for you to be able to fulfill your purpose? So like I said, the, um, like I said, that's today. today's title of the episode is putting it in focus, fixing your heart, kind of getting that realignment with God and God um, ultimately says about you and kind of, like I said, repairing and healing. So Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 19 reads, if you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord, your God, and serve him with all of your heart and soul, then he will send the rain in the proper season the early and late rains so you can bring in the harvest and yeah so you can bring in the harvest of grain and new wine and olive oil he will give you lush pastures 
for your livestock and you and you yourselves will have all you want to eat. So kind of just like diving into that, letting that kind of like marinate with you, like I said, with the question and then also with the word. Um, so for allowing God to meet us in that quiet place where using our Bibles, um, you know, all of the stories and testimonies and everything in there, we letting it, we're letting it plant um, a seed in our heart and our soul um, and being renewed by that, the truth that he gives us. He's going to give us everything else. He's going to water, you know, the correct seed at the correct time when it's time for it to prosper. Um, no matter what season you're in, um, when it's time for you to step out on faith, he's going to give you that. Uh, and also with that, with that comes a blessing on the other side. So you're going to see where you're able to be a blessing to others. You're able to share your story. You're able to do all of these things that God has called you to do, but in due time. So we want to dial back into that, like I said, with, with fixing our hearts. So that way we can, when God tells us to do something, we have the correct heart posture to do it. We're not doing it um, with any ill intent or anything like that. So if we think like, when I say put it in, put it into focus, right? So if we think um, about the purpose of a camera, right? So the purpose of a camera is to capture an image, you know, that best quality image, whatever, it doesn't matter what type of camera you have. That's the purpose of a, of a camera is to capture the best image, right? So if we think about it and how it relates to God and we're the camera. So the person behind the camera is going to change and tweak the settings to make the picture the best whether it's you know exposure and brightness and you know all of these things you know red he's he's they're going to do everything they can to make sure the picture quality is at its best so but like i said before he uses it he's going to make he's going to make some adjustments he's going to say hey let me get into those settings which in this case the settings is our heart let me fix the heart. So he's going to, like I said, turn down the exposure, like, hey, so that may be for you. You're in a sing singleness season. You know, you're, he's removing you um, from the world, whether it's social media or your job, or, you know, no matter, you know, no matter what season, like I said, you're in a period of time where you're not as exposed as you were, because he's trying to, like I said, fix some things. He's trying to make sure that He's able to get the best out of you. And so, he, like I said, he may be doing that exposure. Then also he may have to turn up the brightness. So you may see in your life where you're seeing all of these influx of godly things. You're seeing a lot of people coming into social media, into your workplace, into your, your school atmosphere where they're talking about their relationships with God. They're inviting you to church. Um, you, like I said, you're seeing all of these things and God is creating a way for you to be plugged into the spirit. He's turning up that brightness so you're able to recognize his glory on this earth. You know, no matter, like I said, what season you're in, if it's you're, you know, at school, work, um, maybe even in the grocery store, he's turning up the brightness so that way you, you're able to recognize his glory. 
So also with that, like I said, you know, now he's he's tweaked the exposure, he's tweaked the brightness, you know, he may tweak some other things too. And then once he has everything together, he's like, hey, I can finally use it. It's perfect. I've made my little changes. I've done everything I needed to do. And when I take the picture, it's going to be the perfect picture. It's going to be exactly what I need because it's going to be exactly what I designed it to be. Um, and he's going to continue to tweak it because think about a camera, when you take it from the day to the night or no matter what season it goes into, you have to adjust the settings. It can't work the same way in each and every situation. Sometimes you may have to, whether it's your speech and you have to, you're talking with a coworker and you have to realize like that coworker doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't receive how I normally receive. So I have to change the way I interact in different seasons of my life. The same way I was in this season, it's not gonna be the same way I am in, the, in my next season. But he's gonna continue to repair, he's gonna continue to work, he's gonna continue to do all of those things so that he's getting the best out of us. So that he's continuing to use us. So we, in order for us to be in the kingdom, we, we must allow God to check our hearts. He can't use us and use us effectively if we we have it, you know, guarded off or like, hey God, we don't need you. We got it, you know, we got it all, you know, we we have it. We don't need you. And that's something that we have to realign. We have to allow him to check our hearts. We have to invite him into that open space. We have to say, hey God, I need you. Hey God, I messed up. Hey, we have to turn around to him and say, hey, like something's going on. I need you to check my heart because my heart posture isn't right. I'm not speaking the way I want to speak. I'm not reacting in the best of these situations. I want to be a light onto this earth, but I'm not saying or doing the right things and you know all of that. Like it's not... I know that God planted a purpose in me, but it's not coming out how it needs to come out. So I need to check my heart. So we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing the life that we're currently living? Is it our will or is it God's will? Are we allowing him to say, hey, I need to check you because you're not doing one. You're not doing what I said. Um, I gave you the gift, but you may be abusing it in this season. You know, you may be using it to get worldly, worldly values versus, you know, godly values. You may be getting and using it not to the best of his ability. Like he wants you to be the best and reach millions of people, but you may be, you may be comfortable or, in a, or afraid to not fully step into it, to not fully walk into what God has called you to be. So saying like, hey, I need, to, I need to return that I know you you have a calling on my life, but I need you to fix some things in my heart. Um, I need you to meet me in a space where I can allow you to heal me. And that's one thing God will do. He will humble you before he, before he allows you to wreck what what he has built he's not going to allow you to damage anything 
he's going to say, hey, I'm going to humble you for this season. And I'm not going to allow you to wreck what I built. Like, I'm not, we're not going to do that because you have a purpose at the end of the day. And I'm going to sit you down for a period of time. And maybe you'll come back out of it and maybe I'll use you or maybe I won't. But I think it's ultimate um, just to remember and to remind ourselves that when we're in a season to allow God, allow God to check our heart posture, to check our heart, to allow him to work inner, um, inner works. So I want to take us to the story of Saul. Um, now, if you're a church kid, grew up in the church, everyone knows the story of Saul. Um but I really want to dive into his heart posture before and after and what led to him ultimately losing his title because he he was chosen by God. He was anointed by God. He God said, hey, you know, like we dive into it. Um, when we think of the life of Saul, you know, Saul was faithful in a season where he was hidden. But once he was brought into the spotlight, he was all about himself. He got so caught up into, you know, all the praise and him being the king and all. He had he got caught up in all of the hype that he forgot that he was anointed by God. He forgot that he was chosen. He forgot his purpose. Um, he, you know, he let the power hinder him from going back into God's God's presence and allowing God to say, "Hey, you called me to be the king," you know, but. What what do you, what do you want me to do with this? Because you gave me the title, and I personally don't know what to do with this title. So what do you want me to do with it? And he he didn't do that. And ultimately, that led to his downfall. He got caught up in the idea of him being first versus God being first. So we think of like the backstory on Saul and how he got to his position. Um, we see Samuel in the text. He He's talking to the, the children of Israel and he's saying like, hey, I'm going to give you a, a king because you're asking for it. However, you don't need it. You know, you don't need a king. Like, remember who God is. God brought you guys out of Israel. He's shown up for you time and time again. And yet you're still asking for a king. Like, why are you still asking for a king? And God is a person where he's like, he's like, hey, you asked for it, so I'm gonna give it to you. And you're, I'm gonna give it to you just so you can see that you didn't need it in, you know, in the end. Like, I am all you need. But because you asked for it, I'm gonna give it to you. And we see that. So, you know, like he's saying, like, hey, like, like I said. God is, um, he's holding him, holding, you know, the, the children of Israel in that season. He brought them out of the wilderness, granted, granted that it was a long process. It was way longer than it had to be, you know, because of their, them changing their minds and not being obedient, not listening, but he still brought them out at the end of the day. They still were blessed and even after all of that, they still doubted him. You know, they still was like, hey, we need a king. So Samuel was like, okay, I'm gonna give you a king. And with his relationship with God, they came across Saul. And 
when it was time. And we think like when it was time for Saul and, you know, Samuel, they met, you know, God said, hey, this is, this is the person I called, you know, I've, I have seen them. Um, and we see in the text where it says in 1 Samuel 10, um, sorry, 1 Samuel 10 um, verses 5 through 9, where it's written and it says, when you arrive at Jabiah of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet with the band of prophets coming from the place of worship. They will be playing, they will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. Time of the Spirit of the Lord will come powerful upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what must be done. For God is with you. Then go down to Gilgai or Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. As Saul returned, sorry, as Saul turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. And all the and all of Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. So letting that ponder, like God took him through a period of time. He had already chosen him. Like, hey, you know, I am, I'm gonna send you some signs. You're gonna go through this, you're gonna get the Holy Spirit, you're gonna start prophesying, pro prophesizing. Um, and we see all of that. And in the end of that text, it says. Just as Saul turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. And Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. God gave him a new heart. He didn't already have a new heart. He started to change. He, he you know, he's transformed his heart. We also see as the text goes on and the story of Saul goes on, we see it reoccurring that even though God went ahead in the beginning, even before he was called, and anointed king, even though God gave him a new heart, he still had some issues. He still had some some little seeds of doubt, some little seeds of not being, you know, enough or whatever. And we see that when he is anointed, when there, when everybody, when finally Samuel is like, "Hey, I got this king." Um, he's ready. I'm going to present him to all the children of Israel. And they're like, okay, can't find him. He's gone. He's hidden. And in that season, he is hidden, hidden among the stuff. He's not, he's not in the forefront. He's not ready to claim his power. And part of me, as I was re um, reading this text, I thought, I wonder if in the back of his mind, he doubted himself. He doubted, hey, God gave me a new heart. God called you to be king of Israel. But I think that in the back of his mind, he knew part of his heart wasn't in it. He wasn't ready to fulfill the prophecy. 
he wasn't ready for the calling. So he tried to hide. He tried to hide from God because he knew that he wasn't worthy of it. But at the end of the day, God said, hey, I chose you. I gave you this new heart. And I'm going to put you in position so that way you can lead my people. So with that, we see, like, like I said, as the story goes on, he, he gave him a new heart. He gave him the title. He gave them all the things that he needed. But through countless te tests that God gives him, we see that Saul changes his mind a little bit. He's not certain. He, he lets the, the palace and the idea of that title that he got from God separate him from God. He got so bigoted in the power, in everything, that he forgot to allow God to check his heart. He got, like I said, he got so caught up in all of the fame that he even, you know, was willing to kill his own son to keep his throne to kill his own flesh and blood because his son was getting a little, you know, a little too hot. Um, so he was like, hey, you know, do we need to sacrifice him? And the people of Israel was like, no, we don't need to sacrifice him. Like we're gonna protect him and save him. And the people of Israel wind up saving his son, Jonathan. And it's like, wow, you were really willing. One, you were called. You know, you were chosen by God. He gave you, he gave you all of these things. But we see that he slowly, like his heart starts to change, starts to turn, and she starts to forget. And in that process, he's willing to sacrifice his own flesh and blood just to keep his title, just to keep the little authority that he has over the people. And we see as he continues on that, on that path, God finally gets to a point of him being disobedient that he's like, hey, I'm removing it. You know, he, he said he finally gets so mad and so furious at Saul that he says, you know what? You're not king anymore. You are not anointed. I'm going to take everything that I ever gave you, we taken all that back because you you refused to obey me. Like I gave you all of this and you yet to still listen. So in the text, it states, I'm gonna read it in 1 Samuel 15, 10 through 11 verses. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and refused to obey my command. And even when Samuel and the Lord are having this conversation, the Lord is watching Saul do all of these things, you know, getting too high, you know, he's all high and mighty, you know, he got, you know, full of himself, all of that. The Lord meets Samuel and says, hey, this person is not living up to my standards, so I'm going to remove it, remove him. And in that instance, Samuel was sad because he was like, oh man, like, you know, like you told me this, he's anointed, you gave him heart. And now the person, the person that 
you chose is not living up to your standards. He's not doing what you said. And when we see that Samuel comes to, you know, talk to Saul and tell him say and tell him what the Lord told him, he lies. He, you know, Samuel says, hey, or Saul says, hey, you know, I did everything that God told me to do. Da da da, like everything. And Samuel has to literally say, hold up, stop. Because stop and listen and tell me what the Lord and listen to what the Lord told me last night. And so I was like, oh, so what did he tell you? And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you to go and completely destroy the sinners to destroy everything until they're all dead why haven't you obeyed obeyed the lord why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the lord's sight he's like but i did obey the lord but it's like no you didn't you didn't obey him you know, you 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 didn't do what he said. He said to destroy everything, and you decided to one keep the good things for yourself and kill all the bad things and capture the king and kill. You know, you 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 picked and chose what you wanted to listen to. God said, "Hey, do this and do it in full." But you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a little bit of that, and I'm gonna do a little bit of that, and I'm gonna choose what I want to listen to, but I'm not going to do it completely. I'm not gonna completely surrender and obey Him." Um, and then, as the end of that text, when Samuel is having a conversation with Saul, we see that you know Samuel saying, "Hey, listen," in verse. Um, 1 Samuel 15, 22, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. So I would rather you be obedient than for you to sacrifice something and say it's in my name and say, oh, well, I'm going to sacrifice this. I'm going to give up this and it's going to be in the Lord's name, you know, versus God told you to do something and you do. I'd rather you be obedient than for you to make a sacrifice. And, and as, like I said, as this conversation continues to grow, we see that Saul's heart is changing a little bit. And I think partially it's because he realizes that, hey, he messed up, but also because he realizes that he's about to lose. So Saul continues to plead with Samuel. Hey, Samuel, I'm sorry I messed up. I understand, you know, whatever, like, you know, please Please keep me in my position. I want to be in this position. I want to be in this position so bad. You know, he keeps pleading with him. And finally, you know, finally, like the end of the plea in 1 Samuel 15, 30, then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people. And before Israel, by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. And I want to dive into this text just a little bit because we see in the beginning that 
God anointed him. He gave him a clean heart. He did all of these things. Um, he didn't do what God told him to do. He picked and chose what he wanted to listen to, what he wanted to do. He wasn't truly obedient to him. He was disobedient. He was so consumed with his title that he was willing to sacrifice his own son. He was willing to sacrifice the person that put him in that position, in that relationship. And finally, he's like, hey, I understand that I did all of these things, but he, he still didn't get it because he was like, hey, come back with me. I'm sorry I sinned. I know I did. However, but please come back with me to, to all of the people in Israel, to the elders of my people, so that they may see, so that, that they may see. He wanted, I felt like when I was reading that he wanted, he was still so consumed with it. He wasn't truly opening his heart. He wasn't saying, hey, well, let's me and you go to God and let's say, you know, God, me being in this quiet place, anoint me like, hey, I did something bad, you know, fix my heart. He he wanted Samuel to come back with him for him to meet the, the elders so that they may worship, so, so that he may worship the Lord, your God. And for me, it was the your God. He took God out. He said, the Lord, your God, not the Lord, our God, your. He, he had already cut that tie with God, you know, so to speak. He put that wall up. He wasn't his God anymore. He was mainly focused on him and his title and all the glory that he wanted. And we see, you know, as the end goes on, um, Samuel, Samuel anoints David, and David is a man of, you know, with a pure heart, centered around God, and he's doubted by many because he's, he's small. He, you know, we all know the story of him killing, killing Goliath and all of that, and we'll dive that, in, dive into that in another episode, but just like I said, pondering that, like, his heart posture changed and even at the end when he was losing everything he never turned around and said hey god i'm sorry come fix me i made a mistake he was so consumed with what his title was with what god had given him that he forgot about god he forgot about getting in the presence of god he forgot about the true meaning behind why god put him on the platform why god anointed him he forgot all about that he was so focused with his title and what he could do that he forgot about God and what God could do. So with that, I want to kind of like segue into another, you know, story. And that is the story of Samson and Delilah. And we all hear about the story of Samson and Delilah, Delilah how Delilah constantly nags Samson to finally he gives up, you know, his secret to his power and he inevitably dies because of that. But I want to mainly focus on that story of Samson and what led Samson to that point. You know, what was he like? Why did one, why did Samson allow Delilah 
to continuously nag him? Why did he not see his faults, you know, or see, sorry, see her faults in that? Why did he continue to, you know, in those tests that he gave, he said one thing, he saw that, he saw her actions, but he continued to ignore it. Um, so with that, um, uh, I'm going to read from Judges 14, three through four, um, where it kind of first sets the tone for his relationship. We know that Samson is called we know that he's anointed. We know he has this, you know, long hair. We know that he's strong and all of these things. But there's something going on with Samson in his heart that is allowing him to be tested, allowing him to, to have people come in and hinder what God has told him to do. So Judges 14, 3 Judges 14, three through four reads, his father and his and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe among all the Israelites you could marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at the time. So with that, just like I said, just remembering, like diving into it. And it's like two things if you want to die or break up that, that passage. <clears throat> and it says he saw one, we're going to say three things, sorry. One, at this time, the Philistines were trying to kill Samson. You know, Samson was the big dog, and no one wants to have a big dog unless he's fighting for you. You want that person to be on your side, not fighting against you. So the Philistines, they, they, they wanted to hurt Samson. They wanted to capture him. They wanted to, you know kill him at the end of the day and so so one thing you're gonna these people want to hurt you you're gonna go into their camp and select a woman first of all I don't think that was wise but I think like I said on that other side they didn't know that the Lord was trying to disrupt you know the Philistines um and then that second thing where he is saying, hey, this person looks good to me. Like she, she got it. I want her because she looked good to me. Not, and his parents was like, why? Like, why can't you choose someone, you know, that's the same, same caliber as us? You know, they come from the same people. Like they have the same values, all of these things. But you want to choose someone that's out of your realm. You want to choose someone who we know nothing about um, to be with. So he's, but he's like, nah, like, I want that one because she was good to me. He didn't consult God on that. He just said, it, she looked good to me, not she looked good to God. Um, and then we see later on in the text as 
that story goes on with his first wife. He marries her. And in that period of time, you know, a riddle, he gives a riddle um, at one of their huge feasts. And he promises the people, hey, if you can solve this riddle, I'm going to reward you. And her family couldn't solve it. Say, hey, you know, if you can solve it over this period of time, I'm going to give you X amount of, you know, stuff. And the her family, her side could not solve the riddle. They got so upset. And it was that first start of the nagging, the Sam saying, why have you deceived me? Why, you know, why are you lying to me? Why are you hiding? Why won't you tell me the riddle? And he continued, and she continues like, man, you know, like, tell me, let me know what the riddle is. And ultimately, of course, once she gets the answer, she goes tell, to tell her, tell her people. And, you know, her people, you know, pretend it's like, oh, we figured it out. We know what it is now. And Samson reads through it. He's like, no, you didn't figure it out. The only reason you figured it out is because it was through her. It was through my wife. And, you know, that's not right. Like, I want you to figure it out, figure it out, you know, to figure it out, like not through the help of my wife. And even after this, this marriage ends, he sleeps with a prostitute. So he goes from one woman, his first wife, he thought, he thought that she was right for him. That marriage ends. Second thing, goes sleep, sleeps with a prostitute, right? And then after that, in that season, him sleeping with a prostitute, the Philistines are watching over him. They're they're trying to continue to kill Samson. They're trying to get this man. But you're, in my mind, like you're behaving reckless. So why are you putting yourself out there, sir? And he is continuing, like, as he doesn't care, like, that the Philistines are trying to kill him. He's like, I'm going to sleep with this prostitute, whatever. And Granted that he doesn't sleep with her or stays with her for long. Excuse me, he doesn't stay with her for long. But ultimately, after some time passes, we see where Samson meets Delilah. And like I said, if if I thought that someone is trying to kill me, they are trying to kill me. We see in these first two instances where he is seeking after something like he has the anointing, he has the power, he has all of these things, but he's, he's, he's missing something. He has a void that he's trying to fulfill. And I think ultimately it was love. He is trying to fill that void of love. He's not getting with his parents. Like he's on this, this high horse. And, you know, he's this mighty warrior where there's no one that can match him. So he's seeking after people in order to just get a glimpse of the love, the pleasure, all of that, rather than turning to God and say, hey, God, I have this void. I, I want to be loved by someone, you know, I need, I need a person. I feel lonely. 
he doesn't do that. He continues to seek after women to fill the void. Even in the midst of some, you know, this art, these people trying to kill him. These people are continuing to try, they're continuing to try to kill him. And he's continuing to put himself in danger at the end of the day. And as we continue to read in his story, like I said, we find in some later time um, in Judges 16, verses 4 through 5, it reads, Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sorek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. And with that, one, I'm like I said, we're going to break up this text because the Philistines have been watching him. They saw that he was seeking over something. And often we find ourselves that there are people or that the devil will watch you He'll see your flaws and he'll try to put people in a space to manipulate those flaws, to let you dive just in just a little bit because he knows once you have a taste, you're never, ever going to stop. Versus turn to God and say, hey, God, I feel lonely. Hey, God, fix me. You know, my heart isn't, isn't whole. Um, allowing him to do that. And, you know, give him someone that's you know the same caliber and we like I said we continue to see that and he's just I don't know I think that he I don't think he was in this in the mental space he was so caught up in his power but also I don't think he really knew how to be vulnerable in the situation because he wanted love. He was willing to sacrifice anything just to receive it. We saw that with his first wife. And then we see it with, with his, you know, throughout his story with his sec with his, his second wife as well, Delilah. And even with the prostitute, he is sacrificing his freedom, his health, all of that because he thinks, oh, I'm so, I'm so powerful, I'm so successful. The Philistines can't touch me, so it doesn't matter, but he's willing to risk that. He's willing to risk that um, just to fill that void. And after he marries Delilah, once the Philistines realize, hey, you're in love with that person, oh, yes, most definitely, we are going to, we're going to use her. And they, and it, it doesn't, the text doesn't say, Hey, they were married for a period of time, and then and then they had a life, they had a kid, you know, all of these things. And then the Philistines, the Philistines, you know, approached her. No, it was this was a period of time. The Philistines were watching him. They wanted to kill him, so they were trying to find a way in order to do it. They wanted to officially kill him, so they was not letting their foot off the gas. They said, "Hey, we want to kill you. We gonna continue." to figure out, oh, what, what's that flaw that you're missing? What's that doubt and or insecurity that you have? What's that? Oh yeah, we're gonna manipulate that. We're gonna, 
we're going to use that to our advantage to get you to to reveal something about yourself in order for you to just blow everything up and we're going to continue to watch you we're going to continue to you know keep watching you because we know you're going to slip up one day and that's like that was like hey i know you're going to slip up one day i know you're going to you know want to do this but but just re remembering to that void that you're seeking, that Samson was seeking, he was trying to seek that love that he ultimately wasn't getting, turning that to God, turning back, turning that back to God and allowing God to say, to heal him and to meet him. And as we continue that story of Delilah and Samson's relationship, once she makes a deal with the Philistine, she's like, okay, you say you're going to give me all of this money if he tells me, you know, what, what makes him so powerful. So he can, so she continues to nag him. She continues to, you know, essentially set up traps because she does it three times. And each time he tells her something, she does it to him. She opens the door, allows the Philistines to come in. And then he breaks free because it wasn't the right thing. And you would think of the like, like the first or maybe the second time he would understand, hey, this woman is not for me. She is setting me up, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But he was so consumed. He was so consumed with wanting love that ultimately he was willing to relinquish his power just for love. And finally, when Samson just after, you know, the continuation of nagging and all of that, he tells her, hey, this is what it is. It's my long hair. It's never been cut. Um, this is where I get all of my, my power, my glory from, like, because I'm I'm this person. Like I said, my, my hair has never been cut. So that's what it is. And ultimately, just like the three times before, she cuts his hair. She lets the Philistines in. They come and take him, capture him because he doesn't have any strength. And there's no one but to blame because you can't necessarily say and blame Sam. You can't blame Delilah. You have to blame Samson in the situation because it's like the three times, the three encounters that you had with women, you were trying to seek validation. Like I said, rather than going to God, you continue to seek validation and these women. And ultimately, it was your fault. It was your fault. Oops, sorry. Ultimately, it was your fault. You know, you like I said, you continue to seek validation from all of these worldly things rather than from God. So he ends up being captured. He ends up being killed. And in the in in the end result, when it's like the final stage of his death and he dies, he doesn't ask God. He's like, hey, God, can you give me some strength one last time? because I need it and God gives it to him but I wonder if he before he would have ever gotten to those three encounters with those three women before he would have ever got ever gotten to losing up his power if he would have asked God hey God renew you know renew me like there's some things that I'm missing you know all of those things like heal me meet me in this in this space because he's given me all of this, but something isn't right, you know? Um, 
So, and then ultimately, once Samson died, really ultimately, once Samson is captured, we don't hear about Delilah. Delilah doesn't come to his like last, like ex essentially his execution or ceremony. She's not there. Um, she got what she wanted and she dipped. He's like, you told me, hey, I held up my end of the bargain. You gave me my money. I'm gone. She had no loyalty to Samson. She was only there. Or she only continued to be there to in order for her to get what she wanted. In the text, it never says Delilah loved Samson back. She didn't love Samson. Samson loved her because he was seeking love versus Delilah was just seeking some money. She, she just like, she just said, hey, I'm going to be in this relationship. I'm going to get this information and I'm going to get some money out of it so I'm going to continue to stay. And if we take a look back into our last, my last episode when I had Markeela on here, she brought out a point and that point has like stuck with me throughout this whole time and um in my other small group at church that I met with on Monday we were talking we we're discussing and I thought about this and in the text in the fall where Adam and Eve like I said or like she said Adam and Eve in the text it states that Adam and Eve they they realize that they're naked and they're ashamed, so they hide. And God asks them, hey, where are you? And if you think about it, God, like she said in the last episode, God necessarily wasn't asking him, hey, what is your location right now? Are you at X Street? He knew where they were, but he wanted to give them the opportunity to one, acknowledge their mess-ups, you know, because he recognized something isn't right and he knew where they were. He knew what had happened, but he wanted to give them a space, an opportunity to say, hey, I messed up and, and I, need you to, I need you to fix it. I need you to repair it. I don't want it to happen again. Versus they didn't do that, you know, Adam goes in the text and says, hey, we heard your footsteps, so we hid, and oh, the, the serpent deceived me, but they never once really take account into, hey, I messed up, hey, I need to turn to you, hey, I need you to fix my heart, hey, I need you to meet me, because there are some things I need to acknowledge my mistakes, and we see that, that testament in all three stories where we have the fall, where we have, you know, the story of Saul and he, get, he gets caught up in the glory. And then we also have Samson where Samson is seeking after something on this world that he can't, that void that he's trying to fill, it can't be filled. He needs to turn back to God. And we see in all three stories, it involves the heart. It involves the heart posture and letting and ultimately letting God fix it because they were so consumed with either what they did wrong or their title or where they were. And they didn't ever turn back to God 
until it was too late. They didn't turn back to him when they ultimately should have in the beginning, you know, they should have constantly been in a relationship with them, with him, but they didn't. We see at the end, they finally say, hey, you know, especially in Samson's case, we see him saying, hey, God, give me some more power, some more strength. I really need it right now. And in and in Saul's case, he was so caught up in his title and all of that. He never really repents and really says, hey, I, I messed up. You know, he's so caught up and so consumed with his title that it's ultimately his downfall. He falls out of the grace of God. And in this, like I said, in the story of Genesis, God asks, you know, Adam and Eve, where are they? And this is not a, you know, a concrete, um, it's more of a purely figurative question. Where are you? Where's your heart? Because it was far, it was far away from God. God had no, he had, didn't have any access to it. He couldn't, uh, you didn't allow him to, to work, to repair, to change those settings. Going back to, like I said, my whole camera analogy, you know, you didn't allow him to fix the exposure. You didn't allow him to repair the settings. You didn't allow him to do all of the things in order for everything to work how he wanted it to work in order for you to like capture that perfect image, you know? Um, so with that, I want to leave you with, the, or sorry, I want to leave you with four things with, you know, with the heart, with focusing on that. We want to make sure that, you know, we're guarding our heart. Proverbs 4.23 states, above all else, guard your heart in it because everything else flows from it. So your heart is where your purpose, where your passion, all of that lies. You always heard the saying, like, if your heart's not in it, then, you know, then nothing else is going to happen. That is Strictly from text, like I said, Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart because everything else flows from it. So protect your heart, protect, protect your heart from the people who may want to use it and abuse it. You know, they, they may see that you have a good heart, but they may try to, you know, put little bugs in your ear, protect it, protect your ears so that your heart ultimately is covered by God that the only people that God has placed in your life that are healed and, you know, they have that purpose, they're allowed to speak to you. It's because, like I said, God has put people in your life to do that. So first thing, guard your heart, protect it. Um, that second thing, allowing God to change it. So don't have it so protected to where then God can't even come in and repair it or do some work. Allow God to change and renew it and transform it. Allow him to twist some things. And like I said, each season that you're going to go through, you may have to change a little bit, you know, in order for you to get your message across, in order for you to accomplish the goals and tasks that God has set for you. So making sure like, hey, like, is is protected from the outside. You know, but it's not protected from God. Like you don't have your walls so so far up that God can't reach you. And then also with that, like stick with God. Like God has taken you 
through every season of your life. He's been with you, you know, in the valleys and in, you know, in the valleys and in the mountains and all, like I said, the highs and the lows, he's been with you and stick with him. He's gotten you, he's gotten you this far. He's given you all of the, all of the tools and everything that you need. Sometimes you just need to clean focus, turn back to him, allow him to fix your heart so you don't make the mistakes of being in the world and seeking worldly validation versus seeking God's validation and being right with God versus being right with the world. And then that last final thing with that, you know, maintaining that relationship with God first, seeking God first. Hey, like, even in each situation, God has continued to bless you, continued to cover you, continued to, you know, take you from each and every, you know, step. So if you're walking into a season, make sure you ask God or if you're, wanting to date someone or you may see that oh this person may look you know good say hey hold up let me check with God first let me see if this is what I'm supposed to do let me see if you're really right for me let me check my heart posture let me let me check my heart posture and let me check your heart posture let me see hey God like um it, it appears that this person has it all together, but let me ask God because one thing, God knows other people's hearts. And this text is this in 1 Samuel 17, when we're seeing that, that rise of David and that fall of Saul. And that text states, but the Lord, God said to Samuel, do not judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. And he's talking about Saul and others that he's on that journey of fighting a new king for Israel. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So like I said, like ultimately just allowing God to fix your heart and being so connected with him to where it's in your, if you're walking in each situation, you're allowing God to check your heart, check the, the hearts of others, whether it's you're getting in a new relationship, a new partnership, a new friendship, a new whatever. And you're saying, hey, God, check my heart. Make sure I'm doing this correctly. Make sure I, excuse me, make sure I have what it takes, you know, is my heart correct is my heart in line with your word what it says am I being obedient to you am I allowing you to check me am I allowing you to hum humble me in certain seasons so that way I may grow in others am I allowing you to be in relationship with me and partnership with me um so yeah so hopefully uh I want to end out this today I want to end out uh today's word um with those four tips so just remembering that allowing God to check your heart allowing God to be you know with you he's gotten you to this place he's continuing to be with you allowing him to be truly in a relationship with you when you're in a relationship with a, a person on earth you talk about things you know you want to have that relationship with God too you want to ask him 
hey, is this, is this what you have planned for me? You know, and am I doing it correctly? So making sure that we're maintaining that heart, we're maintaining that relationship, we're allowing God to check us, to fix some things, to put it into focus so that we can ultimately be in God's, being God's grace. And we're doing right by his word and what he's put into us. Because we all ultimately want to be used by God. We all ultimately want to you know, be doing his work and for it to be the best that God wants it to be. And we want to, when people, you know, meet us, we want them to see God first, not us. We want them to see, hey, like, this is me sharing my testimony because God has worked in me a clean heart and a pure heart. And I know what I'm supposed to do. So I want to share with you. I want to be that light. I want to do all of those things. Um, so I'm going to close out today. I am your host, Blair Dominique. It was a pleasure to sit down with you. Thank you so much for tuning in or listening. Um, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're watching on Apple um, Podcasts or Spotify, continue to like, continue to comment. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. I hope this message blessed you. Um, and it continues to renew you and transform you. Thank you again, you guys. Have a blessed one. Just wanted to come on here and end out our video how we normally do it. Like we, we start and end with prayer and I completely, I can't say I forgot, but I just got caught up in what I was saying and it was just flowing that I forgot to end in prayer so I want to go ahead and do that now Lord Heavenly Father Lord God I ask that everyone who was listening to this episode that they received the anointing the word that they needed Lord God that you speak and you fall fresh on them Lord Heavenly Father that each son and daughter Lord God that they are called they're set apart for a reason Lord God meet them in their quiet place Lord God as they continue to walk on their path Lord Heavenly Father I ask that you continue to be with them continue to keep them continue to check them Lord Heavenly Father Lord God continue to transform and renew their hearts Lord God so that it can be more like you Lord God continue to be a friend, to be a confidant, to be a father, Lord God, to be a parent to us, to each son and daughter. As we continue on this journey, Lord God, let us know that we can come to you with anything, with any misstep, with any mistake, any bad thought, that you know us inside and out and you love us inside and out and unconditionally. We are your sons and we are your daughters, Lord God. We are loved by you. Let us continue to walk in the grace and the abundance that you have called us to be in, Lord God. Let us continue to be a light onto this earth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for allowing me to say, um, to come back on and say that prayer. I hope you guys got everything that you needed out of this episode. I pray that you stay tuned and stay um, connected with the podcast, with everything that we're doing um, in this season and in the next. I pray that you have a great and an amazing, blessed rest of your week. Um, God loves you. I love you. Stay blessed.